Sun Life Community Church came into being as the result of a compelling vision for a different kind of church, interested in what we call the Sun Life, experiencing and sharing the life of God's Son. Perhaps your heart is burdened these days. We invite you to allow the Word of God through the words of this message to bring rest to your soul and joy to your heart. Let's bow before him. Father, once again now, you who sent your son into this world, it meant something. It meant a a glorious something. If we focus ourselves upon it now, help us to take in all that we can possibly contain. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we go through this brief message this morning on this Christmas day, even the boys and girls who are here, I want you to listen in. We're going to give you a couple of things you can say, and you can help your parents remember to say them all through this week, just short little sayings that will capsulate, will just sum up everything that the Bible says to us this morning. And so today... This is our next to last message in this series of messages that we called Words to Live By. I hope we've all been living by the ones we've received already. There's only one message left. And so I I wonder, don't shout it out because you don't want to share your good stuff with anybody else. What word, you could put it on your card this morning, what word do you either wish or guess is going to be our final word next Sunday, the first day of a brand new year. Just jot something down as you have a chance to think about it. Let me know where you're thinking. It might change my thinking. What word of all the words might be one that we focus on next Sunday, the first Sunday of a brand new year, a first fruit Sunday, as a word to live by, maybe all through 2023. Well, that's coming next week. Remember, these are important words. Here's our key scripture for this series. It's Matthew 4.4. Jesus said these things himself. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Through this series, we've identified about nine of those words, very special words, that can shape our lives, influence our lives, that we can build our lives upon. We got one today and we got one more to go next week. So here's today's word to live by. Just say to yourself, I'm going to live by this one. I'm going to live by this one. You have your note sheet in front of you, don't you? You already know what it is. I've taken all the surprise and suspense away so that you can be sure you're taking home the correct stuff. We used to have blanks, and people would fill in their blanks, even ahead of the service, with the most crazy things. And then they'd say, wow, did Pastor Mark say that? So you know what it is. You don't have to read right through them. You just take it in now as the Spirit brings us to it. Today's word to live by is the word worship. I bring an offering of worship to my king. I didn't know Joe was going to choose that song but it fits perfectly. I bring an offering of worship. That's one of the things we bring to our Savior. 
And here we put in the little box there three kind of descriptors of what it means to worship. Worship means to revere something. To revere something. It means to adore something. We sang about adoration this morning too. It means to devote yourself to something, to worship a thing. Let's just take those three descriptors, I've called them one by one. To revere. It means to consider something or someone to be of highest worth. It's actually a value judgment. Kids might say, of all my toys, has anybody opened a toy yet today? Has anybody opened a Christmas present yet today? Have you started down that path? Anybody bring a gift with you today? Might be wearing it. See? It's a value judgment. Well, we got to be honest on Christmas Day. Don't we kind of organize our gifts, you know, afterwards with these are the really good ones. And uh, that's the one aunt so-and-so sent me. I don't even know what it is. I had an Aunt Betty growing up. There's five of us kids in the family. We didn't have a whole lot of money. And, you know, every year we knew what Aunt Betty was going to send us. We actually look forward to it. It would always be a brand new pair of pajamas. It's wintertime. It's back east. It's cold. You could count on Aunt Betty for a new pair of flannel pajamas every time. We knew that. You'd put that Aunt Betty's gift. You don't even have to open that. You know what's in there, so you could take it first, or you could save it until you're already gifted out. To the revere. We didn't necessarily revere and just love Aunt Betty's gift, even though it was practical and helpful. To revere re- involves a value judgment. Something is more important than something else to us. To really revere something is to come into the presence of something that, that, that you're just in awe of. It's like, it's awesome. It's tremendous. You revere it. A person who worships, and anyone who worships, worships worships something that they consider to be of great value. Great value. Here's an old expression. Maybe even my grandparents used it. Maybe you've heard it. When they're talking about a young man who's fallen hopelessly, head over heels in love with some young lady... There's an old expression I haven't heard for a long time, but it went like this. He he worships what? The ground she walks on. And if you just think about that, it's like, what a dumb thing. What do you mean? He worships the ground she walks on. It's just dirt. But you see, what it really means He so reveres her. He so has her lifted up as the best there possibly could be. He can't even maybe imagine her talking to him, but he is just smitten with her. He loves her. He's infatuated by her. Why, she's so special that he might say, if her feet touched the ground right here, there is no important ground anywhere on the planet. 
Nothing is so special to me as this little place where she was yesterday. She actually stood right there. I looked at her. I didn't have the nerve to say anything to her, but, oh, I can picture her right now, standing right there. It's almost like the ground itself is special, unlike any other. You see, it becomes holy ground, sacred ground, because her feet touched it. Now, that's generally how the people feel who travel to the Holy Land. Travel to the Holy Land. They literally walk where Jesus walked, and they are caught up in awe. Can you imagine? Here's the Sea of Galilee. We're right beside it. This is where Jesus walked, and he called Peter and John, and wow. Andrew and James, the fishermen. It's like some might even try to sneak a few pebbles home with them. Now that's against the law, you know. I should tell Bonnie that. She's going in just a couple of weeks. Bonnie Rundle's all excited about going to the Holy Land with others who are equally excited. You know, the ground itself is special because Jesus walked on it. Jesus ministered there, and we're going to be right where he was. We revere these places because of him. So to revere is part of worship. To adore. To adore means to wrap one's heart around something, a person or a thing. It's an emotional kind of aspect to worship. To consider such a person or thing to be unmatched by any other. To sing its praise. To revel in its presence. To bask, we could say, in its greatness and goodness. Oh, come let us adore him. We have sung that song every single week of our Advent season as we're lighting our candles. Oh, come let us adore him. Let your heart, let your hands, let your voice be lifted up in God-honoring adoration of Jesus Christ, his Son. To revere, to adore, to devote oneself, that's part of worship too. It means to commit oneself, to be so in awe of, to be so, you might say, in love with, that, that you just give yourself to whatever the person's needs might be or the situation might call for. Get completely caught up in it. Identify yourself with it. Give authority over to it to run and control and influence your life, to follow the instructions of, to adore. Again, the love-struck boy <laughs> might at times say, your wish is my command. Just tell me what you want. I am already committed. I am already desirous of just doing anything I can to please you. So your wish, just, just the slightest thing that you might indicate you would like, oh man, I take that as my life's calling. I'm devoted. Now here, having gone through these understandings of, of the broader idea of worship, here's some scriptures now, our Christmas scriptures. We want to see how they um, give examples of what we're talking about. 
First scripture, and notice all three elements of worship are going to be present as we go through these scriptures. The first is Luke chapter 2, verse 9. These are words spoken by the angel to the shepherds. And the angel said, today in the town of David, a savior, a savior, not just an ordinary baby, but a savior has been born to you, a savior for you. He is the Messiah, which really is the word that means Christ, the Christ. He is the Lord. Do you sense the reverence? In that kind of statement, we're talking about God here. We're talking about one who would save the human race. We're talking about one who is, is uh, attuned with the very purposes and plans of God. There's going to be nobody else ever on earth like him. He is the most awesome human being there ever has been or would be. Tell me, who would know better than the angels? How awesome was the one who had willingly left his glorious home in heaven to enter into this fallen world, to become a member of the human race. I can imagine those angels adding just a little bit more. Didn't get into the scripture, but I can imagine them adding a little bit more and just saying, shepherds, Shepherds, do not be misled by the humble circumstances in which you find him. This is the Lord himself who has come in human flesh. Recognize him for who and what he is. Ready yourself, shepherds, for worship. You're coming into the presence of the almighty God come to earth. Here's a second scripture, also Luke chapter 2. It's verses 15, 16, and then jump up to verse 20. Here's the actions the shepherds took in response to what the angels said. The shepherds said, let us go and see this thing which the Lord has told us about. They hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. It says, and the shepherds then returned, glorifying and praising God. There's our word, I think we can put our word there, adoration. They were just adoring this little one. And all that had been told to them, the heavenly appearances and everything they were caught up in, it's like, we got to tell the world. we got to tell the world. We can't keep it inside. It just comes out like when you really adore something, you, you just have to spread it with those that you encounter. And so they returned to their business, to their fields, to their flocks, glorifying and praising God. Now, the scripture tells us in Luke chapter 2 that Mary, who had observed all these things happening, the shepherds coming, and and she certainly saw the light and the baby and the promises given to her. It says, Mary treasured all these things. She treasured them. Yes, she revered them. She treasured them in her heart. She adored, I mean, she got emotionally connected with all the great things that God was doing in and through her and what he would do in and through this child that had been born to her. So it says Mary treasured them all and held them in her heart tight. The shepherds, on the other hand, declared these things everywhere. 
told everybody what they had seen. There were probably people the next day talking about, did you see the light in the sky last night? The shepherd says, let me tell you, we did, we were there. It shone on us. That was an angelic visitation. And they told us something you'd never believe, but we went and saw for ourselves, and now we're telling you, and anybody could see they were just filled with, with emotion, with joy, with adoration for what they had seen and heard. And then, then Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, our third scripture, Christmas scripture, is the announcement made by the wise men. And for those of you who have kept up with things over the years, you know the wise men didn't come to the manger. The wise men, when they finally got to where Jesus was, they had traveled for almost two years. They had seen his star. They had recognized God himself as doing something in this world. How they knew that, I don't know. But that star that appeared and then was gone when it was no longer needed, that star communicated God's hand is in this and there is a ruler coming, a king, even in the line of the kings of, of Israel, a king of the Jews. Who's going, to, who's going to change the world. They traveled for two years, coming to that place. And finally, they came to the palace of King Herod himself, and they asked the question. He says, they say, where is the one who's been born King of the Jews? Now, about two years have gone by. Jesus is a little boy now. King Herod says, basically, I haven't heard anything about it. The shepherds didn't make it to the king's palace. They would not have been welcomed. The king says, I don't know anything about this. They searched through the Old Testament scriptures and discovered there's a prophecy that there would be a child born who would become king of the Jews. And they zeroed it down that it says right in that prophecy in the city of David, in Bethlehem. And so they told the wise men, that's where travel to Bethlehem, and there's very likely where you're going to find him. And when you find him, because see the chief priests or the wise men said, we, we've come to worship him. We, his, we saw his star when it first appeared in the sky. We've come to worship this one. And King Herod lied and said to them, you let me know when you find him so I can come worship him. King Herod had no intention of worshiping any other would-be king. In fact, he planned to kill him. And you know the story. King Herod inquired of, when did this star first appear? And they said, well, it was about two years ago. And so King Herod just said, I will kill every male child in that general area who's two years old or younger. And it was a brutal a brutal act of non-worship. Herod worshipped himself. He had no desire to worship another king. But here we see the, the wise men. To me, it represents devotion. They put two years into this thing. They traveled. They brought precious gifts. 
They were devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ before they ever saw him. They revealed him. They adored him. And they devoted themselves to finding him and paying him the honor that was due him. And so when they found him, it says they openly, joyfully bowed in worship before him. So there we find these three elements of what it means to worship illustrated for us, demonstrated for us in the Christmas scriptures. And so from those scriptures, I would share with you this morning a pattern to follow. For us to follow today and every day of our lives. So here's how it goes. We just say our worship response. We bring an offering of worship to him. Our worship response to Jesus Christ the eternal Son of God, on this Christmas day and throughout this year ahead of us, really should be a response like this. Number one, revere him. Now, boys and girls, get ready because the little phrase you need to remember and remind your parents of is coming. Revere him for who he is. Really, follow the pattern of the angels. Faithfully declare the glorious truth about Jesus Christ. He's the one who's come from heaven to become the Savior of the world. He has entered into humanity and lifted it to heights never before seen. He lived a perfect, sinless, godly life. So here's our key worship phrase. Three words. Jesus is wonderful. Say that to yourself. Jesus is wonderful. We can revere him. There's no one like him. There's no one who even approaches his goodness, his greatness from a human standpoint. Only God the Father and God the Son are like him, for they are like each other and are perfectly, gloriously divine. But Jesus... Having become a man, walking through this world, and then being exalted to heaven to be the King of kings and Lord of lords, but still a glorified human being, Jesus is the most wonderful person that ever lived. So we just say that. Jesus is wonderful. Let's say it right out loud. Jesus is wonderful. Okay, that's the first part. Here's the next phrase, or the pattern for a step of the pattern. Adore him for what he has done. Revere him for who he is, but adore him for what he has done. He took that perfect life and he took that perfect record of sinless living and he offered it to us sinners. He said, you can have all the credit for my perfect life. You can be considered sinless in the eyes of God just like I am myself. I receive or I offer that to anyone who is willing to receive it. And to say, you know, I am never, I will never be good enough for God to say, you're good enough. I am a sinner. I make mistakes. I have violated even my parents, let alone violated God's rules. 
I need somebody to make that all go away. Because I know in my heart that God doesn't allow sinful people into heaven. And here is Jesus Christ. What has he done? Well, he, he died on the cross and took God's judgment on sin to himself. And therefore, once that judgment has been expressed by a holy God, God doesn't have to express his judgment on us if we receive what Jesus is offering. He says, I paid the price for you. I offer you now my goodness in exchange for your mistake-filled living. Adore him for what he has done. He became sin for us so that we, in God's eyes, can be perfect, can be righteous, and can be welcomed into a heaven where we will be exactly that. And he gives us a, a new life in this world and gives us the power to kind of fight against sin even when we're exposed to it. A new life following him. Don't you just love him for that? See, that's the second response. First one is, Jesus is wonderful. <clears throat> Second response is, I love him. I love him. Third thing then, devote yourself entirely to him as your Lord and Savior. That's the third part of our worship response. Don't just get caught up in the wonder of who he is, even though that's a wonderful thing to get caught up in. Jesus is God. Jesus came from heaven. Jesus is perfect. Jesus is awesome. But don't let that be all that, that your relationship to him involves. Caught up in who he is. Don't just sing his praises for what he has done. But commit yourself entirely to him. Allow him to be your Lord, your Savior, your king, the one that you bow down and offer <clears throat> worship and love and obedience to. And so the full phrase says this, Jesus is wonderful. I love him. And I give my life to him. That is a complete worship response. And the Bible tells us our Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus himself, surely the Holy Spirit as he walks among us, they seek worshipers, people who've understood just what they've done and who they are and what it means. In this case, focusing upon our Savior Jesus himself, Jesus is wonderful. We declare on this Christmas day, I love him, you declare on this Christmas day, and I give my life to him. And I will allow him to guide me by his Holy Spirit every day of my life, that I might be some who, who share his truth, share his love, bring others to know him, even as I have been. So our final thought just says this, the best of all responses on this Christmas day is worship of the one who left the glories of heaven for each of us. Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? 
It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. Last night we saw a wonderful picture that was drawn by a five-year-old boy who pictured Jesus dying on the cross for him, pictured the pain and suffering he was going through, pictured his mother Mary standing right there knowing what was happening was something that God had designed and that Jesus had embraced and Jesus loved us so much he went through all of that for us. A five-year-old had all of that in his little head. You can have that in yours. No matter your age, the question is, do you? Do you have that in your heart? Do you understand these things to where you can truly say, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is wonderful. I revere him. What Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has done for me, if I were the only one, he would have died for me. I know that. I love him. I adore him for what he's done. And because of who he is and what he's done, I just give myself entirely to him. He is my Lord. He is my master. I am the one who follows him through this world, and I want to serve him and please him. That's my devotion. And put all together, I worship him. I worship him. Even as all the hosts of heaven look upon him with joy and delight and with understanding. I trust that's true of every one of you, all of us together. Let's bow in prayer, shall we? And as you bow your heads and close your eyes on this Christmas day, I would not want this service to end. I would not want any of us to leave this room without knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are a true worshiper of Jesus Christ. that you know what he has done for you, that you know who he is, and you know what it is your opportunity, your responsibility to do in response to him, to just surrender your life to him. Accept his death on the cross as payment for your sins, and you ask your heavenly Father, who is the judge of all the universe, to forgive you for your sins and to apply what Jesus has done on your account and to say, Father above, I yield my life to Jesus Christ, your Son. I claim him as my Savior and I will follow him even as he invited so many others to do. And Father, I ask you for the grace and the strength to do this. Oh, Father, the story is awesome. The story is the truest story ever told. It's the heart of every aspect of our human life. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came and offered himself to be a Savior for us. We love him. We revere him. We trust him. We give ourselves to him. 
Father, may that be true of each of us in this room, for I ask it in Jesus' name by the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen. We hope this message has inspired you to live the sun life together with us. If you are near Apple Valley, California this weekend, we invite you to join us in person Sunday morning or through our live broadcast. All the details are on our website at sunlifecommunitychurch.com.